Five So Rare Rivals tips with the best So Rare Rivals player in the world, So Rare Matty. He's below me, but he's a Freiburg badge. Matty, how are you? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm great. I'm really excited. I was just saying before we hit record how crazy is it that I can actually say you're the best in the world. As it stands, you're top of the leaderboard, 689 points or par. What, what's the, what is the, is that par? I'm not even sure how they are called, but I call yeah. them points, so points. I think that's definitely fine. You're running out ahead anyway. Top of the world, at time of recording, long may it last. You've got five tips for us. Let's get stuck right in. Your first tip you said to me is to play games you know. Let's talk about that. It's. I feel like it's kind of self-explanatory that if you play games you know, you have maybe better knowledge than your opponent in the arena. Mm. So basically, you know the play players better and it makes you easier like in the scouting process to choose which players you want to take. Trying to climb up the leaderboard, I had to play games I have never heard of any player of them. <laughs> so that, were, that was kind of difficult to choose the best players. So you obviously play every Freiburg fixture um, and probably I imagine a lot of Bundesliga fixtures and fixtures with players that you're well aware of um, because that's your edge because otherwise you I suppose it's one of those where there will be other people who don't understand the teams but who want to get points playing against you just for the points whenever they really don't understand the exactly. game so that's the yeah. advantage I like it also it's more fun if you know the players and watch the game mm. I feel like rivals should also be for fun and that's like if I watch a game and also my players are scoring at the same time, I feel like it's more exciting to watch the game. Absolutely. It's the same with So Rare across the, the board for me. I love what I love about So Rare Pro. I think that's what we're calling it these days, the paid version. What I love about it is that if I win a card or if I buy a card or if I have a card, I'm more likely to watch that team and it gives me something to watch. So, you know, if you're watching a game anyway, having rivals go and just kind of makes sense i played a few games last night for the first time not in the arena um i'm dabbling now but um it was really fun just playing with some of the premier league games um because i was yeah. watching them anyway on to the next tip this is how you scout and i find this really interesting because you kind of told me roughly about these before we hit record do you want to tell us how you scout so basically once the lineups are out first i quickly check the odds so i know which team is favored but then I go onto Sora Data and basically have a look at every single player that is starting and filter their scores by starts for their club, current club and then also either home or away because some players have a big uh, difference in their scoring at home or, or away. So I tr already try to find like the best scoring players of the team mm. but also to, by doing that trying to find some cheat codes basically that have a really low L15 but in starts for their team they have a really good score I'm going to talk very quickly through um, Marco Asensio who's an example you gave to me of this where his L15 right now is 36 it was even lower before his last game and what you were saying to me is when you saw his L15 let's say it was 30 um, whenever you go down to his SO5 scores on so rare data which is this tab here you can actually sort on the right-hand side. You can unselect away, unselect times he hasn't played, been a bench player, or came off the bench. And then if you look at that, I suppose, in the last year, 
all of a sudden, his average is 69.5. It's on the left of the screen there. When he starts at home, he averages 69.5. But his L15 is 36 because it's dragged down by substitute appearances and away games. So this is actually a massive, massive value play. Um, and I thought I just thought that was really clever to go in and actually do that on the players and sort them by the fixture they're actually playing, not just their generic L15. And I suppose this is as good a time as any to say to people, if you want to go and play around with these features, sign up to so Rare Data using the link below or code John Nellis and you get 72 hours. That's three days for free to try it all. And then if you like it, you can sign up. And Matty told me he actually signed up using my code before. So Matty's, Matty's on Team John. Absolutely. Um, so that was your first tip with scouting. I don't know if you have anything else on scouting, but that I found that really valuable. Yeah, I just like want to say it's really important sometimes to find those low cap players that play well because some games you really have a low cap you have to fill in, and if you find like two players that have a low average but average decent in their starts, that gives you a big advantage of people that just randomly pick like. The one two players with the lowest l15 but if you find like maybe one that has like two three points more than the minimum l15 but is a way better scorer you have a big edge on the other player i love it um so once you've got done a bit of that scouting um and you're setting your team the f you told me the first positions you set are goalkeeper and striker why is that so basically after i have like a good overview of both teams and who are the good scorers also i check like who takes set pieces that you can do on the overview of the team on a uh, team overview on server data as well but then i go ahead and pick a goalkeeper because that's like the easiest choice you have either the goalkeeper of the one team or the goalkeeper of the other team there the first thing i look at is their cap because a goalkeeper usually doesn't score too great but uh once he keeps a clean sheet he always scores 60 so if i find a goalkeeper with a low cap that if he keeps a clean sheet exceeds this cap really well that's a good choice but also if i already on the scouting beforehand found like some cheat codes that i definitely want to use in the team then i can also pick the keeper that is more likely to keep a clean sheet so usually that's the first decision I make. Go, do I go for the underdog goalkeeper because his L15 does help me help me a lot? Mm. Or do I go for the favorite goalkeeper? Sometimes even the favorite goalkeeper does have a lower L15. That's just like the first decision I make because it helps me to start building from there. Because mm. then usually I go ahead and take a striker from the same team because I don't want my striker to score against my goalkeeper. Mm. So most of the times the striker will be chosen from the same team. I I prefer strikers that do have some AA and don't only rely on goals because it's only one game. And if he doesn't score in the one game, I want him still to have a solid score, but it's not always possible to find a good striker. Yeah. And would you normally stack a defender with the goalkeeper too? Or is that very much dependent? From there on, I usually look at which players I found uh, on server data that have the best scores that I really want to put in the team. Hmm. Sometimes it's from the opposition team, like a midfielder or defender that just averages 30 AA, and I'm like, 
whenever I have him, I know I get my points. Yeah. But also, uh, you, I prefer stacks for sure because if the team does well, you have a good chance of winning. Mm. But that's also like always depends on the fixture and which players teams have. Some teams have players, multiple players that do score great, and some fixtures you have uh, only one defender that is scoring and good average. So mm. you're basically forced to play a player. But usually I have like two or three guys that I definitely want to play. Mm. And often there's one spot left for a player where I will come to my next tip. That is for me like the most underrated tip so far to make use of the tactics. Yeah. Because there are some players that will help you a lot with those tactics that might be not the best scorers, but decent scorers, but are cheat codes for certain tactics. I believe we had some examples. Yes, 100%. I've just pulled up on the screen some of the different tactics. We've Tiki Taka, Jogo Benito, All Out Attack, Park the Bus, and Gegen Pressing. But two of the players you mentioned to me beforehand that you'd scouted and used or had used against you, I think, was the first one was Harry Winks. And I've pulled up an example of a game here where Leicester won 4-1. Um, and he completed 138 passes. Why is that so important? I feel like those tactics can give you a big edge on the other players because often people come to the same lineup or similar lineups and I feel like often I played against some tactics that didn't make too much sense for the players they chose because the depending on the players, like how they play in the game, it's sometimes really important to... Uh, uh, to choose the player that helps the tactic that you might choose for the team, depending how you think the game will play out. Yeah, because you were saying here that Harry Winks actually averages massively high passes per game when he's at home. Um, yes. And that was, I think it was the Huddersfield Town they played there, the 138 passes. To put that into context, had you been looking ahead and scouted and went for Harry Winks in that game, if you picked Tiki Taka, he had 138 passes. If 130 on its own would get you a bonus 10 points. So you've got a bonus 10 points from him alone. Um, with the rest of your team, you're very likely to get the plus 40 there. So that was a, a really exactly. good example. Another one was Bradley Barkola, um, recently for PSG against Lons, who had seven contests won. And if we have it that, if you played the Joga Benito uh, tactic you would actually get 40 bonus points purely because of Barkle, never mind the rest of the team. Um, and then obviously there'll probably be players who take shots all the time. Um, maybe it's a bit harder to guess, yeah. I don't know. You probably know better than me. Effective clearances were probably... I don't know, tell me, is that one used as much? Because I would imagine that's used by teams that quite often are defending a lot of the game and therefore maybe they're not optimal for use. So I don't yes. know... When so depending, it. like sometimes if you have like a double defender stack with the goalkeeper <laughs> and maybe a defensive midfielder from a team that will have little possession but will be under attack the whole time, that can be a tactic you can use. But I feel like game pressing is a tactic I use most than mm. Tiki Taka. And with the other ones, it depends sometimes if you have like a, I feel like an uh, the AFCON, I, there were some games where 
you had like a defender that were playing attacking midfielder or something then a midfielder was playing striker and then two strikers that were playing winger and then you had like four offensive players then you could use shots because Mm. all of them were gonna attack but also shots on goal i use use rarely but if you have like double striker stack you can sometimes use it if the team will have some shots on goal You've got a bonus tactic that you're going to tell us later. Um, you can't see this at the minute, Matty, but I've got a team that I'd set for a Barcelona game later where I've got one rare card in. It's going to be around why this is a bad idea, but we'll come back to it. Next up, we want to talk about substitutes. That was one thing I didn't use in the beginning, but realized that it can be really helpful in some cases because if your player, for example, gets an early red card or gets injured really early, you can bring in a new player that if you watch the game, you can sometimes see who's going to come in or you have to guess who usually gets subbed in and therefore get like an advantage on someone that just leaves their player that will only score 35 or 15 after a red card or own goal. What can happen? Uh, You can bring in a player that has the upside maybe by scoring or just doing all right getting a little bit more points than that. Mm. Where you have to be careful, though, is if you take out a player, I believe you lose their points on the bonus. So if they had, like, 10 uh, duels won, you might don't want to sub them out if you lose 40 uh, points on the tactics. But sometimes early red card or early injury, it is a great tactic to get in an advantage I believe yesterday on Aston Villa game, I subbed in uh, Eric Bailly. After, mm. no, not Eric Bailly. Uh, Bailey, like, basically after I saw yes, Isla got Bailey. injured. Yeah, li- exactly. And he did uh, get in decisive action, so I was good off by making the substitutions because Isla had 35 points and got injured, and I was thinking... By bringing an attacking player that might still be able to score, that gives me a big upside. No, I love that. Would you use a substitute every game, or are there times you just don't use it? I would say in a few games I use a substitute, because usually my players are important for my tactics that I Mm. really try to focus on to get my bonus points. And my players usually have good AA, so they have always a decent game. But if some unlikely things happen like a red card or an own goal or an injury i definitely want to use my sub to get an advantage of my opponent if he doesn't use one very good now time for a little bonus one we said there'd be five there's six and the sixth is why what i've already said for tonight was a bad idea so i have a rare gondwan and i've played him alongside a bunch of commons from barcelona um i thought i was being very clever why is this not too clever from how the matchmaking is going right now, it doesn't match you up against players with the same amount of pro cards, but it's random. And if you play one pro card, you are you might be matched up against someone with five pro cards. Mm. Therefore, the opponent will have a much better percentage on the players. And sometimes you're not, you don't even have a chance to win. I had games where we had both picked the same five players but I didn't have as many pro cards as the opponent, so I just lost by bonus without a chance to win. 
So usually play your pro cards in arena only if you have multiple good cards. So mm. you might find an opponent with less cards than you. I like it. It makes sense. I'm going to have to go and change this one. So, Matty, that's all our tips. Thank you so much, everyone. Matty's thinking of making some content in the future, so get in the comments. Thank him for coming on and give him some encouragement to get started himself. And make sure you go and check out So Rare Data using the link below or code John Nellis. I'll get paid if you do. Thank you. And you will get three days free to try out all the features and scout like we've just mentioned. Matty, thank you so, so much. Thank you for having me.